Hi everyone and welcome to the Ali on the Run show. I'm your host Ali Feller and you are listening to episode 19. On today's episode I am talking to Michelle Gonzalez, best known as NYC Running Mama. Michelle is a badass, so I'm not going to make this intro long. She is a full-time working mom. She has two young boys, Ryan and AJ, who are adorable. Michelle is a marathoner. She's also an Ironman. She's done all kinds of stuff. She went to West Point. She served three deployments in Iraq, which is when she started running. Um, No big deal. And she has gotten really fast. So Michelle and I talked a lot about how she's done that and what her mindset is. And I am really fascinated by her mentality and her ability and desire to put in the work. I so admire that. I don't really need to say anymore. You know that I want you to subscribe, download, rate, and review the show. Go ahead and do that. But first, get running and listen to my conversation with Michelle Gonzalez because she's going to knock your socks off. And when you're done with the episode, go ahead and give Michelle some love and luck because she is running the Boston Marathon on Monday. Her training has been incredible. We talk about it a lot in this episode. Go over, hit up her Instagram, NYC Running Mama. Wish her luck. Wish her fast legs, wish her a big smile, and enjoy our conversation. Cool. So, welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm so excited that you asked me to be on it. I'm I'm, I'm super excited you're doing it because you have a busy life. You're a busy lady. I mean, I think it's all relative. <laughs> True. So we'll talk about that. But first, what we do on the Alley on the Run show is we call this the warm-up, like any good run. So just tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and what you do. So hi, everyone. I'm Michelle Gonzalez. I'm from Staten Island, New York, which is where I was born and raised and where I live now. Um, I run, obviously. Um, but I'm a mom to two young boys. AJ and Ryan. Um, I'm a wife and um, I work in the financial sector. I went back to work about 18 months ago. Um, Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's like a 30 seconds info of me. Yeah. Summarize yourself. Summarize like 30 plus years of your life into like two sentences. No big deal. Um, So Boston, you are training for the Boston Marathon and (laughs) that is coming up really soon. How, How are you feeling? I feel so good. I'm just really excited. Like I feel, I feel strong. I feel trained, but I, on the same note, like I feel like rested. I don't feel like I'm like running on all cylinders, like ready to collapse, which is how I've felt in the past. And so it's, it's like super exciting to not feel like, you know, I need the taper or I'm like, I'm ready to, so I'm just, yeah, it's been, it's been like a fun, I guess, six months since New York. So it's That's been the great. Thing. You're coming off. I mean, you ran a 307 yeah. at the New York City Marathon, which is amazing. Like, I remember finishing the race, you know, just a casual, like two hours behind you. Um, and I remember being so excited to check and see how you did. Like, I had a million friends running, but like you had trained your butt off and then you bounced back. I from an outsider's perspective, my perspective, I feel like you bounced back pretty quick after New York to start the Boston training cycle, but yeah. you tell me how it went. Yeah. So, I mean, Mary, my coach, we took, I mean, three to four weeks after New York were like very deliberate 
almost like minimal mileage. I mean, less mileage than I'm used to. Like in the past, like a week out from the race, I've like my long run has been like eight to 10 miles and I didn't get past eight miles for probably three or four weeks after. Like it was very, very deliberate, like super, I mean like a full entire week off where it was like no running. And then it was a slow. And so when I started again, four weeks out, you know, after I felt 100% rested. It wasn't like where there was still some like lingering fatigue or, you know, exhaustion. It was like I was ready to go again. And so then we, we started with like very short, intense intervals to help like build some speed and strength. And then we slowly took that, you know, up increased mileage and, and that sort of thing. So, so you was New York City the first race that the first big race that you worked with Mary um, Mary Johnson, she is with McCurdy Trained. Uh, we'll of course include her info so everyone can find it in the show notes. Uh, was New York the first time you worked with her? It was. I, I started to work with her in August, um, the August right before New York. So about two and a half months out, which wasn't a lot of time, but it was enough to start changing some of my like big workouts and, and that sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, I did things in the train-up with her that I never had done in the past, and I put a, a lot of faith in her because I was very much used to, like, a lot of 20-milers, a lot of, you know, like, you do the build-up, but there's a lot of 20-plus milers in the plan, and I only did one run over 90 miles with her. Really? One. Yeah, that was it. Everything else was, like, focused on 15 to 18 milers, but intense, like, I never really, there were only a couple of runs that I went out at like, here's an easy long run, but everything else was like a short warm up and then either intervals or tempo miles or something like that. So less mileage, but higher intensity. And how, so I, yeah. How many days a week do you run? Um, I mean, any typically about six. Um, but, you know, like after the New York City half, I had a rest day and then later on in the week I had another one so some days it's as low as five mm -hmm. um and then there may be a stretch or two where I'll go like seven or eight days without a rest day but typically it's a rest day a week right and I I also was not used to that I was much more into running without any rest days or like a rest day every like two or three weeks and so this that was also a change for me lower mileage as well like much not much less, but I mean, I averaged 49 miles a week in the buildup for New York. Really? I feel like, so as someone who follows your training, um, you know, on Instagram and, and everywhere, um, I feel like I'd be like, oh yeah, Michelle, she probably peaks at like 90 miles. I feel like you run a lot because again, it's, you do a lot of quality miles. So for this training for Boston, um, what has your training looked like? Like, is it, was it pretty similar to New York, but more, you, are you comfortable sharing your time goals for Boston? Are those out there yet? So yeah, I don't, we haven't, Mary and I haven't talked about, I mean, I'm, I've been, I've been training for like marathon, a marathon pace and workouts, but that's not necessarily. So for New York, that was a seven minute mile, but I going into the race, it wasn't like, okay, you're going to run seven minute miles. It was actually like very fluid. Like, you know, and Mary's uh, approach to races is, to negative split and so I went out like very conservatively the first 10k and then you know picked up the pace so even though I was training for a seven minute pace it wasn't 
like, okay, you're going to run this in the race. That's just what I was training at. So, um, I, you know, I, I think I'm definitely in shape to PR. I know I'm in shape to PR. I will say that. I know I am. Uh, it just, you know, it'll depend on the weather and how I'm feeling and, you know, but I'm excited. I'm excited to like, to race, like to, to really get out there, have fun and race. I love that. So you, I remember you posting recently um, about pain and about yeah. how you view pain during races. And I am like, I screenshot that post because <laughs> I was like, I need to remember this. So will you explain yeah. Um, yeah. your take on pain during races? Yeah. So, I mean, it's one specific marathon that I think back to, which is the one um, New Jersey, uh, it was 2013 and it was, um, I didn't finish. I dropped out. Um, and I mean, there were multiple reasons. A, I started, like I had 310 in my mind, which I was not like looking back. I'm like, I, I was not trained. I was forcing that, that time goal. So I went out way too fast. And so I definitely, like I hit the wall. Like I truly hit the wall at mile like 18, 19. But I remember, you know, running the paces that I was shooting for. And then like, you know, around miles like 15, 16, like the pain started to set in and I panicked like that was like the race was over for me at that point there was no way I was coming back from it I because for me at that point pain was like weakness it was if you're in pain during a race you're not fit enough to to be running those times I mean in that case I I was not fit enough to be running what I was trying to but um in general like that's the way I had approached pain in races was like panicking and feeling like you know, you're done. Like you can't, like, this is it for you. You're not ready to run this, these times. Um, and you know, over the years and especially working with Mary, I mean, before the, the New York city half marathon, which was like, a, I think an, another like breakthrough race for me, um, for a couple of reasons, but she had told me before the race, um, she's like, you're going to be tired, but just remember that you are strong enough to run these paces. And so like, you know, like mile eight, mile nine, like I was like really, I was very uncomfortable. I was in pain. Like that's the point of the race that like you either like give up and slow down or quit, or you kind of like say, okay, like I'm in pain, but I'm strong enough to to get through this pain. And I, you know, one of the things I did, I switched my watch because I was, um, I was able to see my pace. And so at, at mile eight, nine, I started to see my pace slow we were running into a headwind and it was like mentally it was it was getting to me and so I changed the display and I could only see the total time and that was it and so I just told myself because it's where I've done that in the past and it works for me I was like just like you can't control anything right now except your effort so you just work hard keep like don't quit just just keep pushing to the finish and whatever the pace is the pace is and so the next thing I know like the mile ticked on my watch and I looked down and I saw like, you know, it was still like 620, 625. And I was just like, holy crap, like I'm still fighting. I'm still there. And so that's what I did to the finish. So it was like, looking back, that was like a big race for me because I overcame in my mind, those like doubts, those demons. And, you know, and like to be even for that race, I didn't have a time goal, like a finish time. Mary doesn't give those to me. And I, I don't sit like she gives me uh, ranges for every 5k. But I purposely don't sit down and say, okay, this equates to this because I don't I don't want to know because I feel like if I start to deviate from that, I don't want 
got to get in my head. And so even for New York, I had, she had given me ranges, but I never sat down and said, okay, well, if I hit all of them, I can run this. I had no concept. Wow. Good for (laughs) you. I would do the opposite. You're so nice and coachable. And like, (laughs) I've I've never been that girl. I I would be the crazy person doing the opposite. Um, Have you always been... Pretty and I'll say, and I'll say, Mary didn't wouldn't even tell me even after the race, because she said she had a goal time in mind. And I asked her after the race, and she said, "I'm not going to tell you." And she like, still hasn't. She still hasn't. So, like, you know, maybe I ran the time, maybe I ran, but like at that point, does it matter? Like, yeah, you know, no. I ran, so it's it it works for me. Oh, I lo- <laughs> sneaky Mary. I, um, have you always had a pretty good? like mental relationship with running in terms of like the mental strength in racing and in training? So I think for a long time, I was much stronger in training than racing. Like I would have these, like looking back, I'd have these like really great training cycles. And then the race would come and I would not run anywhere near the time that I wanted. And it would like, I let it really affect me. I did not have a great relationship with racing with training yes because I've always loved training and like working hard and but then the race would come and I felt like I was not a good racer and then I you know I just would yeah like mentally I just couldn't put it all together on race day I don't know if it was the nerves or pressure that I felt or that I was felt was being put on me you know that maybe I was I felt pressure I mean I know I did from social media and everything I was putting all that pressure on myself and so it took a while to kind of step back. And I mean, I race now for myself. Like, obviously, I share everything on social media. But I mean, I don't I honestly don't feel any external pressure anymore. And it's very freeing. And so it makes the race just like a mate. Like, it's, it's just a fun. It really is fun. It's no longer like I have to do this or if I do that, if I don't do this. What are people like? I honestly don't care anymore. Yeah, it's so, your victory it, lap. That's how I yeah. try to look at it because I was always the same. Like, I always have loved training. And I think that in so many of my races, I don't have a lot of the race times to show for the training I've put in. And yeah, it, it's hard to get past that, especially with marathons that are such a beast. You can't just, it's not like a 5K where you just, oh, okay, well, I'll try again next weekend. Like, nope, that was your training cycle. On to the next. Yeah, so a couple of, for the I ran the Philly Marathon in in um, 2013, um, and I remember I was so nauseous when I woke up the morning of the race. I couldn't even eat. I was nauseous with nerves. And at that point, after that race, I was like, something needs to change because this is not how it should be. I mean, I, I like on race day, I wake up and there's the nerves, there's the butterflies. It's more a factor of knowing that you're going to put your body through so much pain. And it's, it's like questioning your ability to deal with that. You know, it's not the, like, I have to run this time or anything related to that, but it's knowing that you're going to ask so much of your body. And like, that's what gets me nervous now. It's like, okay, like it's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. Am I really ready for this? So then what changed like between the Philly race and now or when things started getting better? Like how and I want to know more about how you're able to like put the whole outside pressure out of your mind, because I get that, that like our Instagram followers putting pressure on you to run a certain time. Probably not. But we kind of tell ourselves they are right. So how do you put that out of your mind or how did you get over that? 
I think you know, it was gradual for me. Like it, it definitely, and I think it's still, there's like room for improvement. Um, but I think just after it was probably like a year and a half to two years of, of feeling this pressure that I, I stopped share, like I stopped sharing outwardly the, the time goals. Um, but I also, I think just got smarter with racing. Cause I think that was also a problem for me is, um, I would go out too fast or I, you know, overestimated my ability. And then I started using an outside coach, which I think helped me a lot because, um, I stopped training beyond my ability, which I think was part of my problem. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to train for this time. So I should be hitting these paces and I wasn't in shape to hit those paces. So I think I was actually just like running myself into the ground. So I think it was just a combination of things like getting smarter with training, having a coach, um, and then, you know, like for a while, I stopped even posting like in the days leading up to a race. I just separated myself from social media because I felt like I was sharing so much that I then would like read all the comments and it was making me more nervous. So I stopped. Um, I've gotten better with that. So like I'll, you know, post like a morning of picture. Or, but then like I disconnect before the race, like and then that's it. And I think that has helped. That's really smart. Um, so. You have, what do you have, like 60,000 Instagram followers? You have a lot of Instagram followers. Yeah, it's a, I think it's around. And that's where you share most of your stuff. So, of course, you have um, NYC Running Mama, your blog, which has been around for a while. It's been, oh, my gosh, it's going to be six years. But I actually really don't blog. Well, that's what I, I was going to say. You share pretty yeah. much all of your, like, your daily workouts. Your life is much more out there on Instagram now. And yes. How did that shift come about? Like at, at what point were you like, oh, I'm all in on Instagram now? Or was it a very organic growth or kind of talk to me about, talk to me about Instagram? <laughs> so, I mean, Instagram, I don't even remember like how I start. I mean, I think it was just everyone was like starting Instagram. Um, but I think I started at a good time for me. It was right before Ryan was born. So it was five years ago, I guess. Um, I really started to see like an uptick when I was training for the Ironman. I think, um, I think people started to like felt engaged to follow my training and, um, you know, and then I think it just, it started to grow from there. And then like, I think I've gotten lucky with some things like working with a few brands, like getting some exposure that way. I think that helped. I think it was all like the right timing for those things. Um, you know, and then I do think, um, like going back to work then attracted a new crowd of people, um, that maybe had not initially like felt a desire, you know, cause I do think people follow people that they can relate to. So I think in some way, like working and like having a family, you know, I, I think there's little niches and I think by me going back to work, I now was in another niche. And mm -hmm. so there's people that started to follow there. So, yeah. but, um, you know, blogging, I tried to keep up blogging when I went back to work and I did for a little bit. Um, but it just, it was too much. And I found it to be more of, I felt pressure to keep it up, like with my training and after a race. And then it reached the point where I was like, why am I doing this? I don't, I'm not, I feel like I'm not getting any added happiness by, by doing it via my blog. So why, why am I doing this? And so that's why it has shifted. And now I like, you know, after a run, like I'll post what I did and how I felt and, you know, so 
and it's yeah so well it's very fun to follow you I love following you on Instagram of course um your sunrise photos are ridiculous because it's worth noting that you're you're usually done running long before the sun's actually up like most people are like during the winter yeah yeah people are like get out in time to see the sunrise and you're like oh maybe I'll maybe I'll like already be on my way to work when the sun rises it's like unreal The, the sun, I love, that's why I'm a big fan of the summer. I do get to see like every sunrise during the summer, but yeah, it's tough during the winter because it's dark and it's like, then I'm like, well, I mean, how many pictures of my shoes and like, that Treadmill shot. <laughs> um, but I also think that with you, it's not even necessarily the photo. It's like, I love reading the workout that you did that day or like getting ideas for workouts or like. Yeah, it's fun to get invested. And I think around the time of the Ironman is when I probably found you too because I very vividly remember um, you training for the Ironman. So we haven't even like given background. I I go into this. I'm like, well, everyone knows Michelle. So we'll just jump in. Um, But for people who don't know you, um, can you talk a little bit about – I don't need your whole life story. I would love it. But we'll try to, you know, we'll try to condense. Um, Just take me back to how you found running and – you know, a little bit of your background because you served in Iraq. Like you yeah. did an Ironman like 45 seconds after having a baby. Like you, let's talk about some of your highlights. So, um, but let's, let's go back to how you found running and when yeah. that became a part of your life. So, I mean, for me, like running was secondary to other sports. You know, I, I played basketball um, into college. And so running is a part of basketball. And so I grew up running training and that sort of thing. I did dabble for a year in track in high school, but it was a way to stay in shape. Well, the track coach saw me at a basketball game was like, hey, I went to an all girls school. It wasn't like we were like gifted athletically. So she's like, hey, you look fast. You want to you want to join the track? So I ran track for, you know, a year, but um, definitely not a long distance runner at all. I mean, I even remember like taking the okay. So after call after high school, I went to West Point, um, and that's when running started to become a little bit more because there you do have to do some running and there's physical fitness tests. But um, you know, I remember my first physical fitness test. You have to run two miles. It's a two mile time test, uh, and I remember I was dying. I I ran like sixteen something, and then I remember spending like. The next couple of years when I was in college, because you would get these tests like every couple of months, you know, just to make sure you were staying fit, whatever. Um, and I could not break 16 minutes, like no matter how hard I tried. And, and you know, I, I was still like, wasn't really like a runner. I was still playing basketball. So, but I just didn't, anything more than a sprint was just like, no, like not my forte at all. Um, but I stopped playing basketball. Um and then wanted so the start of my senior year i decided like okay i'm going to graduate i'm going to be like an officer i'm going to be like leading soldiers i want to be in shape i want to be as fit as possible so i was like hey like let's sign up for a marathon and so that was my first like attempt at long distance wait, running wait so you hated the two miles you couldn't break eight minutes so you were like i'll just do a marathon that's a well, very like natural progression well I, over my junior year i started to run a little bit more i got up to seven or eight miles and i i didn't hate it at that point but i certainly wasn't like i wouldn't call myself like very good or i mean i didn't really know much about running i just 
started to run a little bit more. So that's why I was like, okay, maybe a marathon. So I did. I ran the Philadelphia Marathon. Um, very painful. I mean, I broke four hours, which like looking, I was, I didn't do anything over 16 miles in training, um, which I would not recommend because I definitely hit the wall at like mile 20. But, um, you know, I, I, but I remember from that race, there were two girls in front of me at the start. They were friends and they had like, you know, BQ or bust. And I didn't even know what that meant, but hearing them talk, I found out it was about Boston. And at that time it was a 340 for our age group. So I was like, okay, like I, I didn't even know what that equated to and like my, you know, pace or whatever. But, um, yeah, it was just, uh, so I stayed with them as long as I could. And then, you know, obviously didn't make it, but, um, I wonder if they be cued. Do you think I don't they know. did? They were, they looked really, they, uh, to me at the time, they looked really strong. Nice. You well, know, we'll tell really, ourselves that they yeah. did. I'm sure that they did and have again, many times since then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I didn't really, you know, I graduated and then um, served in the Army for six years. Um, and for a couple of years, didn't really focus on running. I mean, I, you, I did with, like, my unit. But, again, it was shorter runs, like APFT, the physical fitness test. It wasn't anything long distance um, until um, one of my deployments where, like, I felt like I was very homesick. Um I was dating Paul, my husband at the time, and he was in New York. He had been in the army, but he got out. Um, and just, you know, my older sister was pregnant and it was like the first pregnancy for my any of my sisters. Um, I just like felt very homesick and was stressed about work. And so I like, that's really where I fell in love. Like I did, it was like a love relationship for me. Um, and that's where long distance running really kind of so took you, a hold. So. And you were in Iraq. Yes. When you started running. Yeah. So where did you run there? So I was I was lucky because um, I was an in Intel. And so I was always um, at like higher levels. So I was um, like a brigade level or division level. So I was on big bases. Like they weren't like these little camps that you may see on the news. Like it was a pretty fortified big camp. Um, so my last deployment, it was so big. At that point, I had run... I ran the New York City, I had already run the, the New York City Marathon and qualified for Boston, like dropped a significant time, amount of time off my finish time. And so I, my goal during that last deployment was to train for Boston. And that's what I did. And the camp was so big that I was able to like basically do like a 20 mile run and never like have to do, because you can run, there were a series of camps all on this one base. And so I would like run here and then I'd run into this other like the special forces camp and run there and I was able to like yeah it was great so you always felt safe you never like when you were running there you never felt worried because were you running by yourself too most of the time yes um I was by myself like 99% of the time um you know I mean there's always the chance of of like indirect fire you know come and like no I big mean, deal but, just just indirect I mean, fire it, it, it could happen, like, you know, on the way from where I worked to the dining facility, you know, where you would have a meal. So mm -hmm. I felt like, or while I was sleeping in my, my trailer. So I just, yeah, you know, there is an inherent risk, but no more than I felt on a regular basis. Right. While I so I don't think I've ever even asked you this. When you, did you always want to go to West Point and did you always want to serve or where did that desire? Because to me, like, 
that's a very foreign thing to me. Like I've never had that urge to like go and serve. Not that I don't love my country. My country yeah. is, you know, doing good things. But um, what made you want to do that? And kind of where did that decision come from? So it, it wasn't something that I knew I was going to, or wanted to do my whole life. It actually, um, so I have a sister who's a year older. And so she was getting a lot of the, the college stuff. And so she got something from West Point and it went into her like trash pile. But I, I was only a year behind. So I was very interested at that point too in like college stuff. So I remember reading it and just instantly, like instantly felt drawn to what I was reading. And I think it was the combination of like the physical challenge, the mental challenge, the I'm very like structured. Um, and so I loved that aspect of it. Like, I, I, I mean, I always that, that's the way I've always been like is like, very, I mean, like very military ish. My mom always jokes, but like, I've always been that way. I mean, my I remember I would be I was in the fifth grade and I was waking up my whole house in the morning. I would already be up showered like I was like 11 years old. Like You sound great. <laughs> Your siblings must have loved you. But that like I would be the one to be like, OK, time to get up. Like, it's you know, so um, and then I, you know, I did like secondary was serving, you know, our our country and wearing our uniform and do it. I, so it was a combination of all that, but it really wasn't until my sophomore year of high school that I even knew what West Point was. I had no concept. It wasn't like, you know, I mean, we lived, I'm 90 minutes away from there, but I had never heard or knew anything about it. My parents, you know, we never went there. We never did anything like that. So, I mean, when I mentioned it to my mom and dad, it wasn't like they were overjoyed about it, but we were we were not at war there then, so it was a different situation. Um, and so they also kind of were like, oh, sure, yeah, we'll look into this, like not thinking that it would come of anything. Mm-hmm. And so um, I went on a visit in my junior year, and that was kind of it. I mean, I walked, I came home and said, like, that's where I belong. I knew that that's... And yeah, it's that's gorgeous. Happened. That campus is so pretty. It is. It is. But I will say, you as going through there it's definitely it feels like hell like it's just because you're you never really take you you do you take for granted how beautiful it is and now i mean paul and i paul went there too but he was several years ahead of me we love going back there like we it's just it's so much fun to go back there and to see the campus and like the boys love going back there but it's not something that we're like romanticizing like i i don't want i don't really want them to go there so it's not something we're gonna try and like push them towards but it was such a big part of our lives that we you know we love going back there now right why don't you want them to go there just because they're your kids yes (laughs) (laughs) like it's not you know i i you know i was in like i said i was in intel so i wasn't out patrol i on a regular basis so Mm -hmm. safety wise i was much safer than a lot of, you know, a lot of the people that, you know. Right. And what about Paul? What did he do? So he was um, in artillery, uh, but he was a ranger. So he was like much more, you know, but we met, we were both on brigade staff. So he wasn't, at that point, he wasn't out patrolling and doing all of that. Right. So then you guys did long distance while you were there. How was that? It was really hard. I mean, he was in business school in New York, he went to NYU, living, you know, <laughs> the business school life. And 
And so there was a lot of, um, like, animosity on my end. Like, you know, I mean, we talked all the time, um, emailed all the time. But it was really tough for me because I knew he was, like, living it up in New York City. And, you know, I was – and I – you know, but, I mean, we made it through. We and then – how many times were you deployed? Three. Three. Okay. I thought it was two. And what was, so each time that that happens, like, do you know, after you served your first time, is it like, okay, I'll probably get deployed again. Or like, I, I don't know anything about being, you know, in the army and the military. So how does that work in terms of like, is it open-ended? Like, well, so at the time you generally knew you, every 18 months or so, you would end up going back. I mean, okay. that's the general, like, op-tempo, like, that was going on, um, because we, the, the deployments were for, like, an entire division, and so you knew, okay, a guy was in 4th ID in Texas, and so we knew, generally, that every 18 months, we were going to go to, you know, Iraq or Afghanistan, mm-hmm. one of the two. Um, I don't know how it is, like, I think it's much more open-ended right now, I think, it, because smaller units are going, you don't really know. They do try and forecast out like 12, 18, two years, but anything can change. And so, um, but my first deployment was very short. My unit was already there after I graduated West Point. So like I went to like some schooling for Intel and then met them there. So I was only there a couple of months the first time. And then, yeah. And did you know it was just gonna be a couple of months or was it like one day you got the call, like time to go home, Michelle, pack your bags. No, so I, I knew it was, I didn't even think they would send me because it was so short that it, it you know, but they, they did. And I was happy that they sent me. I wanted, at that point, like I, I wanted to go. I was like, this is what I'm trained to do. Mm-hmm. Like I want to meet my, you know, my unit there. So yeah, I knew it was going to be very short. So, um, and then the second time was, um, so I got back in, just trying to think, I got back in like April and then deployed about 18 months later, I deployed the following Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving, um, and then was there for a year, Okay. and then deployed, was it a year later? I'm trying to think of the time. Yeah, it was just a year later, and I went for 15 months. Oh, that wow. one was tough. We thought it was a year, but then we got extended, because that was like when the big like ramp up of troops, and so they extended some people, and yeah, so that one was was the kicker and that's ultimately why I was like I'm done I'm done yeah and are you you're not like contractually like so you're able to say like this is my last deployment I'm out kind of thing so after West Point you have to serve five years okay so I knew I knew I had to do five years um my five year I was in Iraq at the time so you can't like you have to fit you can't right. just be like peace out on yeah. good luck with all this America <laughs> bye <laughs> So I knew I had to continue the deployment and then, you know, it's generally about three months after that you can, okay. you can get out. Yeah. So. And then you were able, then you moved to New York city Yeah. after you were back with Paul. We lived separately for a while. Okay. Um, I lived with my sister. So, and that was amazing. Like, but he was it. here. He was still he was here. here. Yeah, okay. he was in the city too. We were like 20 blocks away from each other in the city. And so. you were like, we made it through. Yay. <laughs> it was great. It was amazing. And then when did you get engaged and married? Uh, that was quick because I got pregnant with AJ. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I knew that. Maybe I did. No, I don't. I mean, it's not something that like, I mean, I have shared it, but right. it's not, it's you It's not know. there now. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I mean, it was one of those like, whoops, you know, we, know we yeah. knew, we knew that, I mean, I knew we were moving in together. It wasn't like, oh my goodness, you know, one night stand kind of, I mean, I knew he was, we were yeah. going to get married, but it definitely sped up the process a bit. And you got married in Central Park, right? We did. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had like a very small mm-hmm. intimate, I mean, my father-in-law married us cause he's a judge. So he, you know, he officiated the wedding and then. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was, I love that. I mean, we we say that ten years we want to have like a blowout wedding, a rager. Yeah, yes. something. But uh, we'll see. I love we'll it. See. What year were you married? When will ten years be? Um, two thousand. Should know this. <laughs> two thousand twenty. <laughs> so it's coming up. Three it's time years. to start planning. Let's. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm down. I'll, I'll help. Whatever you you're need. invited. You're invited. Perfect. <laughs> Everyone listening, you're invited too. <laughs> Um, okay. So then you are living in New York, you're married, you have AJ. Where was your relationship with running at that point? It was great, but it was very, um, I hadn't run a marathon. Well, no. So I ran the Boston marathon after I got back. And then a year, a year later got pregnant with AJ um, which at the time I was training for an ultra. I actually thought that I was going to enter the ultra world. Um, so obviously that went on the back burner, but it was, I mean, I ran during pregnancy, but it was very, you know, like it was a great relationship. I felt like running was just a part of me, a part of, you know, so I ran throughout the whole pregnancy and then I ran very soon after, which I don't, want to say I don't recommend, but it's not something that I want to like brag about. I, I felt fine. And my doctor who was re- on the verge of retiring, um, surprisingly, because he was a, I feel like more of an old school doctor, but he was very, he was like, you run when, when you feel ready to run. He's like, I'm not going to tell you, you have to wait six weeks. He's like, if you're out for a walk and you feel want like you want to try and run, run. He's like, your body will tell you if you're mm-hmm. not ready. So I mean, that's what I used as my gauge. So I started running. Um, and then, um, so that AJ was born in January. And then I ran the New York City Marathon that fall um, and did the Foot Locker Fiberborough Challenge. That's that year. So, okay. And that's how I entered social media and blogging was all because of Foot Locker. So, um, yeah. And then I, right after that, I got pregnant with Ryan. Yay. So, Baby Nation. Um, but then you did the Ironman. Yeah. So was an Ironman something that you had always wanted to do? Or like, where did that dream come from? Yeah. So it was always in the back of my mind, like, holy crap, this sounds like crazy intense, like fun, a huge challenge. I mean, because ultimately, like, that's, that's what I love, like setting a challenge, like seeing something as a challenge and then being like, okay, what are the steps I need to do to do it? And then you try and do it. And if you don't, you don't. But, like, I, that's what I get. And that's why, I like, too, like, training, running, going after. That's what I get all of my, like, happiness from. So, anyway. So, I knew I wanted to and didn't think anything about doing it right after he was born. But I was approached by um, Got Chocolate Milk campaign. And they were like, hey, do you want to do Ironman Lake Placid? And I was like, oh. So, then now, time sp- This is January... The end of January. So Ryan was like four months old at the time. And I was like, well, it's only, it's like five months away. I didn't know how to swim. Uh, I mean, no I should like, I'm comfortable in the water. Like I'm, right. I, 
but I'm not like I had never learned like the correct like how to swim swimming strokes yeah yeah like, I didn't know that I but I could I could stay in the water for hours but to get from A to B like yeah probably like doggy paddle and like backstroke yep. you know that's my job but I was like, you know what? I spoke to Paul about it. And I was like, there, I feel like this is my, I feel like there are windows in life to do things. And I felt like that was my window. Like I had two young kids. So the weekends, there's not much going on. I mean, where am I going with a four month old and a two year old? And then I wasn't working at the time. So I felt like, and I knew it cause I knew I wanted to go back to work. So I was like, well, this, this is probably the window. Like, Two is manageable to leave with, with Paul for hours at a time. You know, like, mm-hmm. if we're talking three, four kids, like, then it gets difficult. So I was like, why not? Let's, let's, let's give it a go. And so that's, that's, how, that's how that went. That's awesome. And you had a great race. It was great. I mean, it was, I, I, I paced myself on the bike. You know, the, my nutrition wasn't great. It's completely different than running. And I think, looking back, that's probably the one area I wish I would have spent a little more time learning about. Um, but I think in general, my nutrition wasn't great at the time. Um, and even for a couple of years after, I think I just wasn't the best at fueling for long, mm-hmm. hard workouts. And I think I'm finally really, and I think that's that's also part of why I'm running so strong right now is I'm I'm fueling like from, for the workouts. And I don't think I did that properly enough for the, for the Ironman. Right. So tell me a little bit about that, because I've noticed that, too, with your training, that um, you seem like you are with everything, very methodical about what you do and um, that you treat your food as fuel for you as a runner. So can you tell me what is your um, what kind of like diet or eating plan do you follow that you have found works best for you? So first, I don't count anything um, because I feel like I would become too much of too neurotic about the numbers mm-hmm. and I think numbers don't matter I think it's like how you feel so I don't like it's it's like running by effort I think eating is for me is at least it's by how I feel so I don't count anything um we Paul and I eat I'd say like 80 percent paleo I don't want to say like we're paleo yep. but in general like very big into protein now like much more than I ever have been so like every dinner is always either like fish steak or chicken like always and then always a potato like a whole potato I eat every sweet night. potato or white potato what kind of potatoes do you like so if I'm baking it's white um but because I just I, I just don't like baked sweet potatoes but then if we roast them I'll do sweet potatoes so we mix it up mm-hmm. um but it's, it's a I mean it's a lot of potatoes like I eat and then I eat the same thing. I'll eat leftovers full. I bring my lunch to work most days. Um, but then I'll eat a lot of vegetables that we roast with like coconut oil, olive oil. So like lots of like, you know, it's, it's high in fats, but it's like the good fat. So um, always a glass of wine, even the night Love before it. race. <laughs> Love that. I mean, and Paul will, it's not necessarily like a full glass, but like I do. I like, like that is, it's also, I feel like how I relax after a, mm-hmm. a day at work. So I'll just sit in bed and like sip on that. Um, and so breakfast is, is usually I get at work, but it's always like a huge thing of eggs and then like hash, like um, hash browns, potatoes too. So I eat I, like, it's a lot of carbs. It's not necessarily like bread, but it is mm-hmm. it's a lot of carbs. 
Um, but I'm not against, like I had a bagel, so I had a big workout yesterday and I wasn't starting it super early in the morning. So I wanted to fuel. So I ate, I ate a bagel and then, you know, like my generation, you can before. And so that's been a big change for me because I used to do a lot of workouts like depleted. And so I wouldn't eat anything before and I wouldn't even fuel during. And then I'd wake up the next day and feel like I got run over by a bus. And in my mind, it was like, oh, it's because you worked hard yesterday. But now I know it's because I was just an idiot with how I was refueling. So like I ate, I'm, I don't even know. My guess yesterday is I probably ate like, I mean, I, I commented on your picture. I ate, I was eating like prosciutto and fresh mozzarella. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was starving, and, but I was craving it. So I was like, okay, I probably need some sort of salt. Like my body's craving this. So I was eating that as like, you know, a bedtime snack, but I was still hungry from the day. And I woke up this morning and felt like I felt amazing this morning, better than I ever have after a long run. So, and I really do attribute that to fueling. I mean, and I, even during the run yesterday, I was drinking Generation You Can, I was taking gels. I mean, it's a lot that I do now just to make sure that I'm fueling and I, I feel a difference. I don't feel as, as like I'm running on empty, which right. is the way I used to. What do you do for breakfast on race day? Like on, on Boston Marathon morning, what are you going to eat? I'm probably going to eat like a bagel to a bagel and a half, like straight carbs in the morning. And then Generation You Can, um, like 90 minutes out, and then probably like a gel right at the start or, you know, a few minutes. But I mean, I'll gauge it because if I eat the bagel and then like a half an hour later, I'm, I feel mm-hmm. hungry, I'll have like an RX bar, something just to make sure that I feel, I want to feel full at the start. Right. So. Uh, what would you say heading into Boston, since this has been such a strong, great training cycle for you, what are the biggest changes that you made this time around that made this such a good training cycle for you? So I think one is more resting um, and less mileage. And I'll caveat that by saying, I think Physically, I I can handle more miles, and I think Mary feels that way too. But I think my schedule can't, mm. and so I think it's it's like a pull, a push and pull. Like part of me wants to be running higher mileage because I do think if I could, that that would only help me right now. Because I I think I'm at like to see like another breakthrough. Like I may need to jump like five ten miles a week, but. I don't think work-wise, sleep-wise, I don't think I could handle that. And so I've pulled back on the mileage knowing that I may not necessarily be like as high physically as I can be, but I, I'll be rested and ready to race. Whereas in the past, I was constantly pushing the limit. And I think it was allowing, it was for, I would show up on race day now and, and not be fully ready to race because I was so tired. So, um, yeah, so more rest days, um, more, I, I am trying to get more sleep, which during the week, it's, it's, you know, I feel like it's, there's only so much I can get, but I mean, sleeping on the bus, napping on the weekends, I try wherever I could fit it in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think those two are the big ones. And then the fueling piece I've gotten, especially this cycle, I've gotten a lot better about. I mean, I don't, I, I also don't, we don't have a scale in the house. So I used to, it was strange at work. There was a scale in the, 
in the uh, in the pantry, like where they had you know coffee and whatever. Why? I know, I have no idea. It's a no finance idea. office. I know, no idea. But you know, I occasionally would step on last year. Now this is like a year ago, mm-hmm. and so you know, I, occasionally being like once every few weeks. But and I felt like it was playing games in my mind. Oh, I yeah. literally have not stepped on a scale in probably a year, and so I think that I'm probably five pounds heavier than I was last year at this time. That's just the way I like I feel. Um, but I think it's going to pay off because I'm stronger. Yeah, and I'm not it's five pounds feel, of good stuff. Yeah, I think so. So I don't because I look at pictures from last year. And I'm like, wow, I I feel like I looked skinnier last year. Like post run, I looked much thinner than I do now. Um, and so like, I, yeah, it's, I think that's another part of it. Well, you look strong as hell. Your photos from the New York city half were <laughs> a, the videos look like you're running in fast forward. I was like, Ooh, cool. Hyperlapse. Nope. That's how fast you were actually running. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, but you came through, I was at mile nine cheering and you came through and it was like, I knew I was like, she's having a good race. Like she looks so just strong. Like you do you and you get this like look on your face that like it so quickly goes from like such a look of determination and victory to like the biggest smile you'll ever see in your life it's like you're so animated on the race course I love it I mean and like I think finding what type of racer you are is is important and I'm definitely the type of racer that loves I love big races I love them like I I don't like the moment I smile, I feel like I immediately speed up. Like, it's just like, so, that, and that's why, like, I'll always, I'd rather pick, like, a harder race that's big than, mm-hmm. like, New Jer- than a flat race like New Jersey where you're running for miles without anybody. Some Ugh. people may, some people love that. And, like, but, like, I feel like I need the, I need it. Yeah, well, I'm running the New Jersey half in a couple weeks, and I'm like you, though. I like the big races, but I'm just using this as, like, a tempo run. Um, with a bunch of friends, so. But I think the half, you know, still, there's still some, some decent crowds. It's like that backstretch of the marathon. That, have you run the marathon course before? No, I haven't. Uh, it's, I think it's. It's I just that it's, now that I live in New Jersey, I'm like, I should do every race in New Jersey because I want to support my state. So maybe I get like a tax break the more races I it's do. Great. I, I mean, I love, I love, like, it's big enough where there's like a decent amount of people, but it's still not like a huge hassle right. because it's. You know, yeah. But I, I've always said I want to race that half one day because I think it's a good course for a half. I'm yeah, it's just flat. Crazy. Very flat. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. Yeah, and that's oh. and that's the fun. I actually think that I race better on hillier courses. Me too. I like. I prefer Brooklyn. I the Brooklyn the Brooklyn half course. People love it or hate it, and it can be really challenging. But I love those early rolling hills. Because you can use different leg muscles. I do so much better. I don't like huge climbs, but give me rolling hills and I'm like, I'm a happy girl. I don't do well I, on flat because then there's nowhere to pick up your pace. It's just all like gravity's never going to help you. It's just right. you. And I feel like it's hard to break up an entirely flat course. Like, how do you break mm-hmm. that up into segments? Whereas like the New York City half, it's like Central Park, get to the West Side Highway, and then it's the stretch home. So like there's yep. different like chunks. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, like tackle this part then this then this but I feel like if it's just like completely flat how do you how do you do that I know it's impossible running is impossible (laughs) um one thing that I absolutely adore about you and admire so much is that so many people preach family first 
And it's like you it's so easy to roll your eyes because you know when someone is full of it. Like I follow some of these dudes on Instagram that are like, yeah, family first. I'm like, dude, I don't think you've seen your family in months. What are you talking about? You are all about it. And I remember you one time saying that, like, it's not worth it for you to run like a random four mile race in Central Park because that just means that's like hours away from your family and you're. How do you actually make family first? Because you have a grueling schedule. You have two kids. You have a full-time job. You have a long commute. So how do you make this a reality? Because you do. And I think that is amazing. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, a big part of it is like now I've, I'm not really on my phone at all when I'm with my kids. Like I used to go through spurts of that previously, but I would always, it's, it's a temptation. Like, you get a text message, you read the text, then it's like, oh, well, let me check Instagram, let me check Twitter, and all of a sudden, like, two minutes now turns into 20, and, like, you're sitting next to your kids, but you're actually not interacting yeah. with all them. All of a sudden, they're 18, and they're like, mom, <laughs> I'm going to West Point, because you were on your phone, and you didn't notice. <laughs> so, so I mean, I think, like, like, I don't blog anymore. I actually am not really on Twitter anymore. I stopped. I just felt like it was another time suck for me and I don't I really don't go on Facebook but I try now like when I get home from work like my phone stays in my my work bag and like that's it until they're asleep and then even at that point like you know like I spend time with my husband because I don't see him a lot during this day and you know that was that it was causing some some you know some tension between us because it was like well obviously the boys and work and running and it's like oh well if there's any time left it's for him and like mm-hmm. that wasn't wasn't like a recipe for success so um no but I think like I like I like spending time with my kids like they, I think they're at such fun ages you know that um I just, like, my husband and I are sometimes like, do we spend too much time? Like, do we do too much with them? Like, are they too reliant on us? Like, but, like, they're really into, like, board games. Like, I, I don't I don't know. So I know. love when it's, like, 5 a.m. and you're posting that you're, like, playing a board game with your son in the morning. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They, I mean, they're early risers. They've always been. And so we don't fight it anymore. We're just, like, okay. Like, well, I, I have to say, Michelle, it's probably a little bit in their DNA. Look at you. <laughs> like, I wonder where they get it from. It's not like you're snoozing until 10 a.m. You're like, oh, sweetie, you're up at five. I just finished my 20 miler. Great to see you. Yeah. So, I mean, I do like, I try because I think running is, it is, I mean, it's a selfish in a good way, but I mean, it is time that I'm doing something for myself. I, but I do think like it does have positive impacts on other areas, but it is, I mean, it's something that this is what I want to do mm-hmm. and I need to do X, Y, and Z to reach this goal. And so I've always, my, and like something we, I've always spoken to with my husband about and he, if I'm going to run and do these long runs, I'm going to try and minimize the impact on the time away from them, you know, especially because now I'm at work most most mm-hmm. days every um and so it's like that helps me in getting up early because it's like well like AJ has a so- like he had a soccer game this morning and you know we had to leave the house at 8 15 so it was like okay either I do my 70 minute run early or I do it late in the afternoon but I I know myself and I know like my desire to do it will decrease yeah. so it's like okay <laughs> 
I'll get up and I'll do it. And so that makes it easier for me to get up because then it's like, okay, I'm up, I'm out of the house before they're even, well, no, they were up this morning, but it was like, okay, 70 minutes, but then I'm back, you know, showered. And then we were all able to go to his game and, you know, it was, it was a tournament. So we were able to, to go and stay there and, you know, and then I'll have the rest of the afternoon with, with them. So that's awesome. I admire that so much. I'm like, I have a hard time prioritizing like running and having a dog and I work from home and like, no, but I, I, I mean, I think, you know, I, to fit everything in, like I do have, like, I have to be very, like, there has to be a schedule, like there has to be, and it changes on a day to day basis, but I, you know, I do try and minimize the impact. So for, so for all good. their things and yeah, so because I, I don't also want them to view running as something that they're competing with. And so I want them to, like, want to see me run and, like, cheer me on and not be like, oh, well, mommy's running, so she's not with us, you know? Oh, so Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't seem like it's that way at all. And they're, like, into it because they ran – they did the Brooklyn Mile last year. Did they both do it or just AJ did it? They both did it. They both did it. Right, yeah. I mean, they, they both – they're just active and I love yeah. that. And so we try and embrace that. It's like, you know, whatever chance we can get for them to be outside and be active. And so they, you know, I mean, AJ wanted to run a 5k last year and I was kind of on the fence about it. And ultimately I was like, okay, like if you want to try, like, we'll, you know, Ryan wants to do it this year, but like, I, I'll, I'm putting, like, he's still four and I'm like, mm, that's a little, <laughs> that's a little young. So, yeah. but they, yeah, they, they love it. They love running. They love. Do they get along pretty well? They seem like they do. They do. Um, I'd say 90% of the time. Oh. And then 10% of the time, they're fighting. It's Normal getting siblings. More, yep. Getting more physical. Like, whereas, like, my sisters and I, like, there were some, some parts where we were physical. Um, but a lot of it was just, you know, like, the cat fighting. Yeah, girl fighting. Um, so it's definitely, like, a change for me. I mean, like, kicking each other and, like, I don't know where to step in like and so my husband he has two brothers and so I kind of defer to him on that yeah. like like I don't because I don't want to step in all of this. So I'm like they they need to learn to solve their you know we're not always going to be here with them so let them you know solve their problems and they'll be back-to-back grades right they are they, yeah so they're almost two years but school-wise yeah they're kindergarten and pre-k four okay so what is their what is the age difference between them um, it's 20, 21 oh, months. Okay. 20. My brother and I are 19 months. So yeah, it's we great. I mean, it really like they're, they, they have a lot of the same interests, but they're also, there's some clear differences. And so we try and like embrace those and kind of, you know, celebrate each of their own individuality. So you're such a good mom. I mean, no, I, they're, they're good kids. Like they really, like, I, I, I don't say that as like to be boastful, but they're, they're, they're nice kids and that's the most important thing. And they're, they're well, like they are They're since day one, since the moment they started to talk, like my husband and I had split, we want them to have good manners. So please and thank you always. Um, they're not allowed to say like, yeah, like we, I find that to be like, I don't know. So it's always, yes, it's not. Ooh, yeah. I like they, that. I mean, little bit, like, and so my mom and dad always tease us that like, they like my mom will salute me sometimes because she thinks that I'm being like so military, you know, but I'm like, no, like, but then she's always the first to compliment them on mm-hmm. like that they say please and no thank you. And like, so little, I mean, 
they're not, I'm not certainly going to say that they're like angel children because they're not. I mean, they're already doing things that are making us pull our hair out, but I feel like at least they're, they're, they're nice. They're good and that's, kids. And that's really, you know, that's it. I don't need them to be the smartest or the most athletic. I just want to know from their teachers and from other parents that they are, that they're well-behaved good boys. So that's it. That's awesome. Well, someday I'm going to have kids and I'm going to be texting you. That's when I need you to be like, all right, kids, mommy needs to be on her phone today because it's going to be me like panic texting you like uh, my kid just didn't say, please, what do I do? Do I make them move out? OK, they're obviously doomed. They're terrible children. And I just need I, you to. I mean, I, I will say my, my husband is is um, was like the driving factor in a lot of this. And I mean, he is the one that's with them from when they get home. I mean, we have a sitter, but he's a lot of times he's home. He has he works from home a lot. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's the one that's getting them dressed for school, taking them to school, like with them when they come home. So, you know, a lot of times like I get the credit and I'm like, you know, the last 18 months it's been Just hit. take it. Just take the credit. <laughs> no one else has to know. Enjoy it. I'll give it to you. <laughs> well, yeah. you both seem great, and you seem like a really good team, and your kids are very lucky. It seems like you are setting really good examples for them, and it's exciting to watch them grow up. <laughs> so before we get into our final round, um, I just want to talk about, like, big dreams. Do you have any big dreams? And I don't just mean running. Like, what are some of your, like, big lofty goals in life? So I have some. Um, Running-wise – for the first time, I actually feel like sub three is in my future. And I'm not, I'm certainly, I, I don't, I don't think Boston is, is going to be, I don't think I'm there yet. Um, I think I'm working my way towards there. But I do, for the first, I honestly can say for the first time, I feel like it's a possibility. And I, I never felt that way before. I never, like people would always talk about it. And I always felt like, like, like that's so outside of my ability um so it's exciting to to know to feel like okay maybe maybe someday if if it's like training goes well it's the perfect course for me it's the perfect weather it's the perfect race like if all those line up then i i do think it's a possibility um so work-wise i mean i like short term i like my plan is to i'm hopefully going to be promoted within like six months to a year um, but I, I mean, I do like career wise, like I do, like, I, like this is going, so I work at JP Morgan, but this is, it's more than a job for me. Like this is my career. And I, I have visions of like where I want to be in like 10, 15 years, 20 years. Um, and I, I mean, I do, I want to, I want to do well in, in, in this field. So, um, so that's exciting, you know, to, to get back into it and to, to start all that. Yeah. Um, I want to have another baby. <laughs> Yay! My cheeks hurt because I'm smiling so hard right now because I just like, it's so fun to ask you this question because it's like, I feel like I just know you're going to do these things. It's like, no, she has these dreams and she's not just like dreaming them. Like, no, she's going to put a plan into motion. Like these things are going to happen for her. It's so great. I, I, yeah. So I do want, I, you know, I think, um, Work-wise, I wasn't ready until recently. I, you know, to get situated and to be, mm-hmm. like, to have, because I, I think I need to be able to have some flexibility with working from home to have a third. I think emotionally, I won't be able to deal with leaving my baby every day, five days a week. 
So um, I do think that I may have some flexibility. So, I mean, I think midterm, mid, I don't even know what to call it. You know, short yeah. goals. Yeah, I, we would like to, to grow our family. Yay. Yeah, for us, for us, and then also for the boys, because I, I, they're with my nephew a lot, and to see them, and I just, like, it, it melts my heart, and I know that they would completely melt over having a sibling, and so I think for all of us, I think we all want a little baby in the house again. Oh, yay! Uh, <laughs> um, so I don't, you know, for a while, and I, I still do think maybe one day, I, I had thoughts about writing like a book of some kind on like pregnancy and breastfeeding with running. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe one day eventually, cause I don't think there's enough out there on like nursing and trying to do endurance sports. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you're listening, I, don't steal Michelle's idea. She's no, doing it. No. So I, I mean, I, I think if anyone, but I think if anyone does, it would be great. Cause I, I, I get, I still get a ton of emails from people that like find my blog or like have been, you know, and like they mm-hmm. have questions and I just don't think there's enough out there, not just for running, but just endurance sports in general. Like, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it's definitely like a very like niche group that it would be written for, but mm-hmm. I do think that it's a growing population. Well, and so- an ever evolving group too, because women in time are always going to need that resource. So it's not like, Oh, I, you know, women read it once. Like, Women are always getting pregnant and wanting to keep running. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I think, but I, yeah, so I think those are a couple of my, my sweet. Well, I'm on, I'm on board to dream big with you and support those dreams <laughs> however I can. Um, not sure how much help I can be in the baby department or the work department, but I will cheer you on as you do all of them. <laughs> we just need to get pregnant together. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, someday. We'll see. Well, that's another podcast. We'll talk about that another time. But for now, let's sprint to the finish. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So this is our lightning round rapid fire questions. It's like you're at mile 26. You just have 0.2 left. You just have to answer these questions to get there. Oh, goodness. Ready. Okay. It's not as stressful as I just made it sound. Um, <laughs> what would your last meal on earth be? Popcorn and wine. <laughs> that's not even, that's like Olivia Pope. That is not know, a meal. That's, that's how I end Whatever a lot want. of my night. Whatever a lot of my night. Or mac with Sunday macaroni. That's always something that I've, with a glass of wine. With a glass of wine. Okay. And a side of popcorn. Uh, favorite movie? I have so many. We just saw Beauty and the Beast yesterday and I loved it. Beauty and it's at one. the top of your favorite movie list already. Well, I just in general, maybe the old with the new. I just, yeah. it's such a sweet movie. But I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of Pretty Woman. Oh, good one. Uh, Grease. Right. Oh, yeah. Grease is a great choice. All right, we'll we'll leave it at those three. Those are good ones. <laughs> Greatest fear. Feeling like I didn't I didn't reach my potential. Like that's that's something like I could have done more. Yeah, that's deep. So. Favorite yeah. race you've ever done? New York City Marathon. Any particular year or just in general? Last year. Yeah, yeah. that's a pretty good one. Favorite. <laughs> what is your favorite place you've ever gone for a run? So my husband and I went on vacation. We were um, we were in Malta, which is like you run this huge climb, but then you're basically on these cliffs, like overlooking the ocean, and it was just a spectacular. So I think probably I'd say that. 
That's a good choice. That's yeah, that's a pretty good choice. Do you have a go-to mantra for races or tough workouts? Anything that you repeat to yourself? I mean, I have a few. I think, um, I mean, what Mary told me now is definitely like in the forefront. So it's like you're strong enough to hit these paces. Like you're strong enough, period. And like I repeated that to myself for most of the last few miles. It was like, okay, you're in pain, you're tired, but you're strong enough, period. Keep pushing. Love it. What is your favorite type of workout or your favorite running workout? Long run with the work. Those are at, like, I, I get so giddy when I see one come on the schedule just they're fun like they're not you know and like the the run it goes by so fast you're like I just ran 18 miles but because there's so many different pieces it feels like an eight mile run like it's amazing yeah, yeah those are my favorite I need to do more of those have you start prescribing some to me um Saturday long run or Sunday long run Saturday because then I could drink and have a good night Saturday night into Sunday <laughs> great choice uh what is your favorite thing to do after a long run I don't get to do a lot of times. Yeah, go to soccer practice, go to the game, go to swim class. Um, my favorite, I would like an Epsom, a, a very warm Epsom bath, drinking water and, you know, just relaxing. Who was your childhood celebrity crush if you were into celebrities then? I didn't have one. None. Well, I didn't really watch a lot of TV growing up. Like we didn't have cable. It wasn't like... You were just busy. You were out doing stuff. You were planning to go to Iraq. You were like, I have bigger things on my mind. I'm thinking about the future of our country. I take that back. Derek Jeter. I was obsessed with Derek Jeter. Okay. Fair. Did you roll your eyes? I did. And I'm really (laughs) sorry that that happened. It's It's nothing against him. It's just that like sports. I was never into sports. I'm not cool. I don't, I'm not like the cool girl. that's like, yeah, let's go to the baseball game. Sweet. Like I can't wait for inning seven. That's going to be a good one. Like I don't. I wish I were, but yeah, Derek Jeter, you know what? To each their own. He's all yours. (laughs) See, that's the thing. I won't, I won't fight for him. You can have him. Uh, When it comes to snacks, sweet or salty? Sweet. Who is your favorite runner? I love Shalane. What do you love about her? Her work ethic. I feel like she, and, and Desi, I will, I will add in Desi too. I feel like Desi is just such a workhorse. Like, like, behind the scenes like is not big in social media kind of just does her thing and like is just like okay I'm ready like let's do this you know so I feel like she doesn't get the attention some of the others runners get because she's not as vocal mm-hmm. but I think she I mean yeah she's she just works her butt off yeah team Desi I want to see a win for her so bad so you'll you'll be close Boston yeah. <laughs> Pace off Desi. Well, the boys always ask me if I won. I I won because I I beat myself. They're usually happy with that answer. Um, And my last question is, you do all these big, crazy workouts. What do you listen to when you run? A lot of times I don't listen to anything anymore because it's early. And I kind of had a change. I used to listen to a lot of music when I ran, but especially when it's dark, it's just for the safety aspect. I don't... um, yeah, music-free a lot these days. So. Dang, good for you. That's amazing. Well, I'm so excited for you to run Boston. I cannot wait to cheer for you. I don't know if I'm going to be there. I was supposed to go up for it, and I haven't figured out any of my plans. So either in person or virtually, super excited. I think you, I, I wish you the race of your dreams, and watching you put in the work has been super inspiring. So we are all rooting for you, but like in a no-pressure way. No pressure. <laughs> like in a no pressure way, 
like don't read the comments just go run and and have an amazing day you've had an amazing training cycle go crush it thank you and thank you for doing this with me it's so great to catch up with you and see your happy face i know i feel like i haven't seen you in a while i know um well good luck at boston you're awesome and enjoy the rest of your day today thanks Allie. And that's Michelle Gonzalez. How awesome is she? I was so inspired by our conversation. I left, well, I was smiling. I had like the goofiest grin on my face the whole time because I am just in such awe of Michelle's work ethic and the her ability to stay really focused and chip away at her goals. I think that's admirable and amazing. And Michelle, I want to be more like you every day. So I hope that you enjoyed our conversation and I hope that you too are inspired to keep working toward your goals. I also hope you'll go ahead and rate and review the Alley on the Run show. I love you. And I hope you'll hit up Michelle on Instagram, NYC Running Mama. Wish her luck and love as she gears up to run the Boston Marathon this Monday. And while you're over on Instagram, you can follow me. I'm Alley on the Run 1 on Instagram and on Twitter. You know you can find my blog, Alley on the Run. And I will see you here on Tuesday. If you're out running, enjoy, take a couple deep breaths, feel psyched that you are able to be out there running and have a fast, fun, fabulous day. And thanks for joining me on the run.